0: What's going on, everybody? This is your boy Maron with the Intuitive Minds Podcast. This is episode 19 featuring Tiffany Kaufman of the Kaufman Agency. How are you today, Tiffany?
1: I am fantastic. I'm on the West Coast, burning up. It's yeah, very yeah. hot today.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's finally summertime, right?
1: Yes, it's summertime, and we're looking outside the window.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm finally, getting back to normal slowly. You know, a lot of the, a lot of things are reopening, so. That should be a good sign for a lot of things
1: you know yeah we're right absolutely because the banks are very empty because it's nowhere to go um Mm -hmm. nothing's going to change until we actually open up where stores open so places Mm -hmm. other states that are open you know like marshall's tj maxx they're selling out because no one had anywhere to go
0: so uh give us a little bit on who you are and where you got started
1: Uh, for me i got started by chance it was um you know how you meet people and everyone's in a different industry I, um, you know, I worked in a pharmacy, so I wasn't even thinking about entertainment
2: mm-hmm. and
1: I had a daughter and I wanted, education has always been something big.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, so for me, I was like, okay, I want to put in a private school. And I'm like, I only make $11 an hour. And I wanted to mm-hmm. see what my other friends were doing. And they was like, Hey, do you need a loan? And I was like, I don't want to owe anyone. So I said, just let me come out and see what you guys do. And then. Right. I had a business mind and it was like, you're such an asset. And, and everyone just kept introducing me and I didn't really have a title and oh, I loved oh, entertainment. God. And mm-hmm. so therefore I was at the right place at the right time. So just imagine, um, a friend in Chicago called a uh, friend in New York and it was like, can you come up? I used my own money and I flew. So that's what, and that's the principle of my business. I was like, you have to invest in yourself and that's like everything in anybody I'm working with. If you don't take the time to invest in yourself, you just don't really go far. The fact that I showed up and ready to go, um, everything was kind of introduced and I was able to decide what opportunity that I wanted to take from that standpoint, because I actually showed up, you know, and, Mm -hmm. you know, no one's going to lay everything out on the table for you. So that's how that kind of started. And I worked with a designer. I traveled with him he was like, I want to be on the news. So I didn't even know that I was doing PR at the time.
2: Mm-hmm. And then,
1: um, from there, that's why I met talent. Cause they liked his clothes. And I, we, I got him on the red carpet BT. Uh, and then that's how I met other athletes. And I kind of just went from there. So the business just took over to the point where they used to say baby girl. And that's mm-hmm. how baby girl productions came to life, my mm-hmm. company. So, mm-hmm. um, and then working with guys that changed the BG Productions, and then there was another company, um, I want to say in Virginia or somewhere in the South that oh, really? used my same name. Yes, and I was like, okay, I cannot <laughs> use this anymore because they don't even work with the same type of clients. That
0: yeah, I it's gonna confuse a lot of people. Yep. yeah.
1: It was happening because I was getting some of the invoices that they weren't paying. Oh man, so, uh, yes. So um, I had a friend that designed. I said, you know what? I'll hire you. And she made my logo. She made the Baby Girl Productions logo, um, Summer. And she made the Kaufman Agency logo. I said, you know what? Uh, she said, why don't you call yourself the Kaufman Agency? I said, no, it's time. And that's how I switched that over. So a lot of people still know the Baby Girl Productions. Um, you know, I could, it was around for 10 years before switching to uh, Kaufman
0: okay. Agency. Okay. I thought you had like two different ones and you're running two different productions. I'm like, wow, that's a busy lady.
1: Um. <laughs> no, it just switched over. But... But the the Baby Girl Productions did a lot. So even like, it was so funny, an executive had moved over from one company to the next, who was at Mophie, and his boss already had heard of Baby Girl Productions versus the Kaufman agency. And I was like, wow. wow. <laughs> you know, so, because Kaufman, you've got to realize the Baby Girl Production already had relationships with mm-hmm. T-Mobile, Microsoft, um, what else we the Kellogg. So those things were already established. So basically, we just the coffee like oh we got a new name it's like they grew up with my company so mm-hmm. just a branding so it kind mm-hmm. of went there and i had to find myself pushing that back out again a lot of people just thought it was a new company and i'm like hey it's me until you know i would show up so now like,
0: when you started your first artist was jay-z on the sprite remix is that correct on the sprite remix tour is that so right?
1: so so that was um tone and poke actually was doing the after party
0: for mm. the sprite
1: remix tour and okay. Tona Poke, if you know them, they produced for like J Lo, a lot of yep, people, yep, which yep, I didn't yep. even know at the time. Mm-hmm. So um, that was a way for me to kind of like do after parties. That opened a door for me because it was a club in Dallas. They did not think that Jay Z was going to come, so when Jay Z people came, their eyes got big because they were not prepared because they did not think that I was going to deliver. Yeah. And I remember getting paid three hundred dollars. And the boy just gave oh. me three hundred dollars for my time, and he was like, "No, you have to know what you're supposed to get paid. This is your percentage when you book someone." And I was like, "Okay."
2: Yeah, <laughs> so you
0: have to there, work with percentages and stuff like that. It's very tricky. Some people think it's. I was a very fine green. Was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I was very green, so I got the three hundred. Mm-hmm. But I was so happy to have <laughs> I to mean, have I only yeah. was eleven.
0: And you're working with, with, yeah, especially when you're seeing celebrities in front of you, so it's like $300 plus people I want to work with, like, right in front of me. So it's like, I'll take it, not knowing a thing, but then somebody. Yeah,
1: because everyone else got their money. Mm -hmm. And then um, I think for someone else had booked, but they let me ride with them to Houston. And -hmm. that's when he performed, because I was even there when, um, like, jay-z and r kelly at that concert when r kelly said he saw a gun in the audience and jay-z was like why didn't you let me know so yeah yeah
0: yeah. that was the best of both world tour Mm -hmm. Yep. mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. yes
1: so all those guys knew each other um that's like um when john legend first came out so i got a chance to see first talent like so what i was doing just because that happened the word got around uh, other club owners would contact me and then that's how I was able to book talent so so basically my big break I would say was like not a book in Asia, maybe a book in like a talent broker or
0: because
1: mm-hmm. I would book uh talent to come to club, a club appearances mm-hmm. so that was my first big break
0: now that was um, like pre social media too right from
1: yes I actually wish I took pictures I didn't really take a lot of pictures mm-hmm. and then at that time uh, uh, you know it was like Andrew so, like, I yeah, have yeah, pictures yeah, of I yeah. do queen of people, they don't look so good, so I won't ever be able to really post that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you
0: know? Yes, yeah, those times. Yep, yep. Yes.
2: Yeah,
1: so the club Crazy. appearance was cool and it, it's just the point, like, but if they you have to, I have to learn to get my money up front, which you're supposed to. Like, so, because when you do a club appearance, the person pays a deposit, they send you the money, and then you send it off to their management, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you get your percentage from there, and then you get your, they were trying to have me get my other half after, mm-hmm. like when the club is, um, say, say Nelly shows up, but then at the end of the night, give him his money, I get my percentage. Yep,
2: yep, I realized
1: yep. if a club owner doesn't do well, they don't want to pay you. Because I remember, um, I think I had Timberland come or something. No, it wasn't talent. So I want to put that on. I can't remember who, who the artist was, but,
0: mm-hmm, but it was the one club of those. owner
1: didn't. Yeah, he didn't make the full amount that he thought he was, so he didn't want to pay me. And I said, no, if my talent shows up, you have to pay.
2: Dang and it.
1: from that day forward, I mean, and then I was by. um, I had one of my homegirls with me, but I'm here with all these guys, and I was like, "No more. My fee has -hmm. to be paid up front. I'm not going to be at the club at two o'clock in the morning, hoping to get paid." Yeah.
0: For those that don't know, what happens if the artist doesn't show up? You still you still get paid, right? Just for yeah.
1: I didn't do anything. I'm not their manager, so what Mm -hmm. I do, I have to. And that happened. I've had artists, I'm not going to put them on blast. Right. He did show up. <laughs> but what he did is try to walk out the back door, like after five minutes, and they called me. Mm-hmm. So I called his manager. Luckily, I knew the road manager at that time. So was like, hey, that's not cool. You're not going to get your money mm-hmm. unless he stays the 45 minutes. And now, since you caused me to wake up at one in the morning, two, you're late. You're going to say 45 minutes, and I'm setting my timer. But honestly, I really don't have to do that. That's not my responsibility. That's yeah. the management. It's yeah. supposed to be handling that. But I'm just trying my best to hold on to the integrity. Mm-hmm. And I just realized over time, like, people are not that nice in this industry. Let me go nope. corporate.
0: <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. how you know
1: switching over. But those are the games. That's what happens. And a lot of times they get into fights. It's just a lot. So that's why I was yeah, like, man. yeah, I'm okay with this. but you know a lot of artists would like to do a walkthrough meaning like they walk in and walk out that was a, that was a thing for a while which Mm -hmm. is not cool Mm
0: -hmm. yeah that's not cool because it leaves you like what the but i mean it's just like artists too it's like you know when a producer and an artist they get together and it's like some artists actually are genuine and like hey so for this beat that i'm about to get from you do you want points or do you want like an advancement So, and a lot Mm -hmm. of people are like, well, what's points? Points is residuals. Points are like royalties. uh, But a lot of people are just like, they are so used to, you know, hearing advancement, advancement. The producers, you know, like, for example, that song, I'm in love with the Coco, that that song. The producer Mm -hmm. only got paid from Alabama. He was a producer from Alabama and he only got paid $400. And he never saw royalties from that because he chose the $400 up front which can you be have sweet. to and mm-hmm. then too
1: but sometimes it's just learning because this just think if you come out in the era when everyone has a talent you just move and everybody got their person so like a time I was dealing with Ballista Beats, ballistic beats he dates Jocelyn now mm-hmm. so ballistic uh, his first break like on the mainstream was with shorty low mm-hmm. they know and just being in the studio he was from Philly I would see him out of LA we'd go out connect but Then when he went to Atlanta, this being I was like, "I just can't be in the studio all night i can't I can't do this
2: mm-hmm. and it
1: was crazy down there, but he he stuck through all the drama and got the song, so like when you go to of old song, you'll see Robert Christia, and that was the first time us like ourselves learning about point, and I'm glad he was able to do that because he ended up opening up a studio in Florida
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know so um and, you know he would have been screwed because mm-hmm. people look for upfront money, but music is a business. And that's what a lot of people fail to realize.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, I mean, if you look at it, like, for example, it takes a lot of trust, too, to, to make it in this industry. Like, if you look at Frank Sinatra and Quincy Jones, they didn't really have a contract with each other. They had a handshake. That's the old times. That's when you were able to, you know, they came up together. And it's like, for them to be able to do that. Is very rare, you know, it doesn't really happen, but they knew the longevity of music as well You know that they, they knew that there's gonna be winnings in the end for both of us You know,
1: well that's integrity.
0: Mm-hmm. So you
1: meet someone you have the common goal You both want to make money, but mm-hmm. like look at in the industry How many people have you have your circle your right hand? Like it just even a couple of people that I've worked with over the years and we had a break we didn't see any. You know, you just move on in different directions and it's just kind of hard to find that synergy someone that you trust.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
1: the fact that still give the same talent level. A lot of times the industry evolved where it was kind of selfish. How many times you see these groups and these artists break up and it's just all about themselves. It's not about the integrity of the music.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a quick buck. Just think yeah, about yeah.
0: it. I mean, it's been happening for a long time. And it, it, even it's even happened at Motown, you know, a lot of writers, a lot of you know producers, they've gotten, you know, They didn't really get the full full bag if you know what i mean at the at that at that time you know because there's a lot of people involved you know so and barry gordy i think was like the first blueprint i think to ever modernize music, like business in the music industry i feel like well
1: look at it i get a chance to work with a legend so t-box so tlc everyone Mm -hmm. knows
2: their story and that's
1: Vivid. Mm -hmm. That's the business right there. Learning for yourself, reading contracts in a time where people were really greedy. Mm -hmm. So, and that's the thing because when you when you're excited, someone's giving you a break. So, just say you go from making thirty thousand a year, and I'm saying, oh, you're going to make a hundred thousand a year, but that sounds great. That's huge, right? Right. But if you're in a million dollar industry, and the bare minimum is making a million dollars, and everyone else is making, you know. 500 million, you know, so it's like, mm-hmm. wow, I'm like barely scraping the barrel. Mm-hmm. Where where am I? Mm-hmm. But I'm putting in the work Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. someone else is recouping that money and that's what times. that's when, when when people know they work That's that's the most dangerous person someone that knows their work Yeah,
0: how was that? Change. How was that relationship with T bonds? How did that start? How did that come about?
1: Um, you know what? I my business, I go off referrals, so a lot of people just track me down and say, "Hey, I have this person," and um, and actually had a person facilitating because she had started her CBD brand, TLC CBD. Nice. Um, she just created a uh, yes, she's uh, she actually has an interview today with um, um another outlet I and mean, just talking about anxiety and how because the CBD works with so many different things. So we did an anxiety box. Uh, we did a um, collaboration with um, Urbane Luggage. They normally make leather luggage, and they came up with this cool box of hemp masks.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So that's antibacterial. And then her Mm -hmm. products in there as well. Just, you know, because CBD is very calming and relaxing. So um, that's good for her fans to calm down and just um, trying to get through this time to calm the nerves. So CBD has helped her. Um, Last year was like really one of the first tours that she didn't have to quit. Because she got sick, you know, so mm-hmm. CBD has kind of put her in a better place where she's renewed. Like she turned fifty in April, but now she just um, she she's like ready to take on the world and just do new things. Mm-hmm. So
0: that's shit. so you know it's innovating, innovating behind the scenes like crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, but yes, yeah, she she's crazy. But you know how we connect, and she was like, "I need Tiffany Summer directly. I like to know who I'm tra- working with." So that's how we just connect it's right there
2: <laughs> okay 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 yeah okay. she's
1: straightforward she's straightforward she was like all right you i'm talking working with you i need to be able to text you and this is what we doing so mm-hmm. yeah, something on life, not like she just let you know but she's um you know she's real down to earth what you see is what you get
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now you know, you, you, now you 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 are you working with t-boss and stuff so you obviously are knee-deep in the music as well. Who are some of your inspirations growing up music-wise? Like some of your favorite artists and some people that you still... <laughs>
1: well, loved Aaliyah. Aaliyah had me grow my hair. I didn't even know my hair could grow that long, so thanks for Aaliyah. Mm. Uh, TLC Left Eye had me cutting my bangs. I actually had a T-boss <laughs> hairstyle. Uh, you know, uh, I love that that was mine. And Then, you know, I did become part of the Beehives so
0: (laughs) eventually everybody every girl does you know
1: (laughs) you know when i met them i was just like "Yeah, nice to meet but i was really deep inside i was buzzing so (laughs) (laughs) yeah so those are those are mine but like if i went older um prince because you don't have family members that will play prince throughout the house and then actually listen to prince interviews like when prince is like i won't work with one doesn't have a master's um you can you can take my name, Prince, when he was having an issue with the label. Mm-hmm. And I said, my talent goes with me. The fact that he was that confident
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of gave me a newfound confidence of, like, um, what rejection. is. like someone says, no, I need to find my yes. And that's how I model my business. I mm-hmm. find my yes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. those are the, it, and of course, Michael Jackson, that was my first. My cousin's older, he got me a tape. So Michael Jackson was my first piece of music of my own
0: oh okay well what song was that which do you remember the first song you ever heard from him or is that too specific it was
1: the one it was the one was my boyfriend it was the album where he has the tiger and he has his curl and he's just leaning to the side with the white pants so this picture that i can't yes and i was scared of the thriller video i crying.
0: Oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) what year was that that was like 80 that was early early like mid 80s i think right
1: i'm gonna say i was about maybe five so and that and that's yeah, why, like why, yeah. Why. so I was yeah. And That was Michael Jackson was my first boyfriend. I looked like, <laughs> oh. and he had to tie her. Then when I saw a Thriller, the trust was kind of broken.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. You're done. Uh, <laughs> yes. What are some of your hobbies that you grew up like having before you got into the entertainment business? What were you doing beforehand?
1: Honestly, I used to write music and poems, and I actually published one of my poems, uh, like, when 9-11 came, I don't even know where it is, my mom has a book somewhere, mm-hmm. um, I just never, like, followed through with it, and writing the songs, because I just found another way into the industry, but yeah, I used to write music,
2: I just can't sing very well,
0: so. <laughs> so <laughs> hey, I mean, you took you took, you, you took your talents, you know, within the music, but you created something else, you know, out of it, so, you at least you are working in the music industry, you know, you're a part of it, so.
1: Yeah, writing is calming. that's one of mine. And then I'm a movie buff. I'm actually one of the types that actually like going to the movies. Um, you know, just supporting the arts. I love movies. Uh, I'm a thriller. What are your I top five?
0: Movies. What are your top five movies that you grew up?
1: Okay, gotta put a top five. because I love movies. It's hard to put a top five. What
0: top ten? Um, let's let's put a top ten in there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I gotta put coming to America. I always love that movie. *Hints* Coming to America uh, 2 is coming out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Coming to America is there. I did love The Notebook. I cried. Um, (laughs) Forrest Forrest Gump. Um, Then you have, I think it's called Shooters. It reminds me of Scarface is one, but then it was like a Jamaican one that reminded me of Scarface. Uh, I think it's called Shooters. You've got to look it up because it's so Shadows, well, I think? Shadows, that's it. I love that that's movie. It.
2: Yeah, yeah. Shadows,
1: uh, Scarface, any of those gangster movies, Casino, all of those. Oh, okay, uh, you're
2: just like that's, me. That's that, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: A Bronx Tale.
0: Oh, I love that's that. My mm-hmm. That's
1: my movie. That's my movie. E.T. is one of my favorite movies, don't laugh oh. at me. I was
0: okay. scared of that I've thing never seen that movie. Done. I've never seen that movie, to be honest. <laughs>
1: I thought E.T. was going to burn me with his finger. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I've, never, yeah. I've never seen that movie. I'm more into the mob movies. I love mob movies and mob books. I'm very, I like the mob. I don't know. I like that whole, I like it. So like when you said Bronx Tale, like not a lot of people say Bronx Tale. That's very, that's very interesting.
2: It's like, it's a good movie. It's a good, you
1: know what? I It's funny. You see how I went from the Notebook to the mob movies. Yeah, I love those. Well, here's the thing: the so soft side of me, I'm a, Sagitt- I'm a Sagittarius. So I'm a savage, you know. So just, just, straightforward, but very nice. So the sweet side of me is like the notebook and all those, you know, but Titanic then you gangster. Yeah. But the thing is, there were principles in those yeah. with those gangster mode, There was principles. You don't shoot up kids. Mm-hmm. It was just like there was about family, but it was a principle of the business. Mm-hmm. So even what they were doing, it still was like a principle. There was always structure to it. Yeah, and they like to eat. I like to eat. So just—I don't know. It's just the way they did things. It's just—I it, don't know. It just—and that's why it went on for so long. Think about Tony Montana. He changed the step up, got that suit on, yeah. took a boy's girl, got mm-hmm. his own stuff. So you know,
0: it's a lifestyle, it, and it's—it's a, it's a lifestyle on its own. And then they even had, a, like you said, they had a code. They had like no selling drugs in the neighborhood. That's bad, you know. They had certain, you yeah. know.
1: So that's why I love all of them. So mm-hmm. so if you can just put a list of all those, I pretty much have seen them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the mob movies and I like some of the thrillers or like the James Bond movies. I love James Bond. Um you know, I can go on from there. And then I like cartoons. I watch The Lion King. So Okay, so you also <laughs>
0: have like a Disney side to you as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. It just needs to think about it, most of the animations are made for adults. Because if you look at um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. The one with the donkey, and I'm listening to Eddie Murphy joke. I'm like, these kids aren't catching it. When you watch it again, I'm like, hold on. So mm. I like animation. So if it's a good, if it's a good show, it's so almost like a,
0: them. it's like so almost like a Simpsons slash Family Guy esque type of. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Type of. Those, those, yeah, yes,
1: but. yes, I, I like Family Guy. I found Family Guy because my daughter said, "Hey, mom, I found a new cartoon." I was like, "Oh, what is that?" Mm. And she went to my friend's house. I said, like, "You can never babysit her again."
0: <laughs> that show, yeah. I mean, that show got canceled and then he came back. But it, if uh, Seth Farland hadn't stepped into the the one of the nine eleven planes, there wouldn't be no Family Guy. He actually missed the plane. One of the mm. planes, actually. So that I
1: didn't know. I did not know that.
0: Mm-hmm. Same thing with Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg also he survived one of those planes. Yeah, they were both late or something like that. They were together, I think, or something. It's crazy, mm. crazy, crazy. It's it's insane, but that that's that's crazy how you're like all over the place with the movies. But then you have that's like why I said, when
1: I hate when people say top 10, because I'm like, I'm
0: <laughs> there's no top, so you got to do like top 30, top 40, you know, type like that, or, or
1: maybe sections. Maybe I should break it up in subcategories,
0: like yeah, 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 yes, yes.
1: yeah. So yeah. my animations and, and everything like that, so yeah, mm-hmm. those that's it. But, but my movies are my favorite because they always tell a mm-hmm. A story that's cold, and, and they always tell you why they do what they do.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: You know, you like know. You so it's, it's like, i like
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh, sorry.
2: It's just
1: not all over the place. No, I'm just saying it's just not over all over the place. So that's mm-hmm. why all kind of like that. It made sense versus like there was no senseless killing. You mm-hmm. knew what was up, and someone had to pay for the crime out of respect. Something mm-hmm. has to happen. Mm-hmm. There's no freebie. <laughs> and it's and they don't yell. So you know, even when I'm upset, I think that's I think that's a factor with me. I don't yell, I just say no, that's that's not what we're gonna do. So what we're we gonna do to rectify the situation. We have three you know, I'm just always to the point. So um, I think yeah. that
2: mm-hmm.
1: think about it. Every time how often do they really have to yell? But you already know the bad. like you already know the end is coming, like, oh, okay, he's about to kill? <laughs> yeah.
0: <It's> not- <laughs> sometimes so, I mean, you never know with movies nowadays they have like a lot of twists like i don't know i like movies that like have a lot of twists i'm very twisty like like home i don't know like tv shows like homeland i, don't I know did you,
1: watch homeland i know yeah. i watched that it's not something i would normally watch but that was a great storyline and mm-hmm. it was really intense really real i kind of look at um that whole benghazi situation a little mm-hmm. different after watching that show Mm-hmm. totally different
0: it's not talked about that much that show i'm very surprised house of cards was talked more about than that show which i was very shocked very, very true, shocked. 'cause true because
1: homeland seemed very real to me i don't know how real the facts were but it was really real
0: mm-hmm.
1: to me <laughs> to the fact that hillary clinton is still going to court during this time yeah for her email so just like yeah that was homeland really touched that was a really good storyline whether mm-hmm. factual or not that was really yeah i'm like i don't know if i'm just gonna just go to every country i need to know what's going on how to maneuver
0: yeah and they kept up with the times too
1: like,
0: yes I that's was,
2: what i'm saying I very crazy.
0: yeah 10 years i think it was 10 years It was a 10-year run literally a 10-year run 2010 really? yeah 2010 to 2000 to 2020 yeah i
1: caught homeland i think maybe on netflix or something so i didn't watch it on tv
0: so oh, i just got right. it out
1: of nowhere and then i was like where'd the show go because i just caught me how you binge watch i just started watching it and until i finished it mm-hmm. so i didn't watch it on tv so so people that watched it in real time so it was probably even more intense for you because it was like
0: yeah i mean yeah it was like oh my god what is she because that actress whoever like, she's amazing she is yes. She does She does great things. Oh, man, I don't know. I think she might have gone to therapy after doing that role. She had to have gone to therapy. <laughs> she
2: she
1: should have because she did a lot of the decision-making that she made. Was, mm-hmm. She was smart, but personally, she was all over the place.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And personally, mm-hmm. she had no accountability for herself. She was just really all over the place. I was concerned mm-hmm. for a moment. Mm-hmm.
0: Crazy. So, now
1: yeah, she's
0: definitely there before. That's oh man, such a good show. And the way it ended too. Just like in she was just watching jazz. And it's like Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was it was awesome. Well and she still kept in contact with Saul. They were still like infiltrating together. Except she was the spy in Russia now. That's what it felt like.
1: Oh. Because I don't think I just watched it all I watched it to the end, but then when you said that I forgot she did keep to, keep up with him.
0: Because remember, remember, remember Saul opened up the book and then he got mm-hmm. under the so it's like, OK, so she's using the old method. So that's how they were talking to each other. I'm like, oh, okay. that's how they're going to end it. OK, because so remember how she remember how Saul had the the previous spy that died for a yeah. long Yeah. So that's then they had that trick of the book. It's like the messages in between the book. He used that same trick with, I forgot her name.
1: Carrie, I can't remember. Carrie, Carrie.
0: Yeah, it was Carrie. But um, yeah, intense, intense, intense show. But um, now you've been in the industry for a long, long time. And then you've seen the industry change throughout time. What are some like trials and tribulations that you had to go through with this change?
1: So the industry changed. well, that's how kind of how my business went. My business floated with the different changes of how I... So when I told you I started with club appearances and then I filtered my way into PR um, and then PR kind of changed. Like, okay, what type of client am I going to deal with? Because um, now I went from being providing a service for anyone, right?
2: Mm-hmm. So anyone
1: they wanted to be booked, it didn't matter if the artist was big or small, they would just do it. To the point where, like, William Morris, Carol Lewis was a big agent there, and um, I had a partner in philadelphia she met shaka which you know worked with ludacris um mm-hmm. and uh, shaka had luda and i was like i needed him in a market it was a smaller market I said, for me to book this um i need a a, a a a special price it's like an intro and he said well, if we get it done we have an extra date and then i got it done and she wanted to know how i got the price and then she tried to go up and say, no, this is price. I said, listen, when I do a deal, I took with a deal. She wanted to know who I was. And that was like my first step into the industry. But then that's when I was kind of like, I need to switch over to the corporate end.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: So now, but luckily, I took those relationships. And then I went to uh, work with athletes. So, you know, um, mm-hmm. I got a chance to work with Martellus. when he got recruited to the Cowboys, just mm-hmm. coming from Texas A&M. CJ
0: Anderson, and then, I think.
1: C.J. Anderson, yeah. So that was through Peter Schaefer, which is a top NFL agent. So working with him, so pretty much anyone on his roster, whether it was like during the Super Bowl time, that's when they would commission me out. So C.J. could be Pac-Man Jones. I remember uh, Super Bowl, I had a deal with Porsche and then the uh, the Rock Brothers that came out. So so busy. Yeah, so I'll just say, so pretty much Peter Schaefer. So any um, athletes with him, you know, be the go-to, especially when Peter has a show, the agent. That was on Esquire. It was on Esquire. Okay. So so that's what I was kind of going with that. So athletes were great. And then, but the thing is with athletes, the one-on-one, I had wanted to slow down for a period just to focus. You know how you just go in and going? Yep. You know, because athletes, they have the budget. They want you with them all the time. I needed a break. So I took a break and then uh, one day my phone rang and I was just kinda living life regular. And I shouldn't say regular, but you know what I'm saying? I can't I took my living life, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just living life. And I was like, Do like living life regular? So let me let me change that. I just took yeah. a break. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I just took a break and I finished off the contracts that I had and I just took a break and then I got a call and was like took off the pretty project and then that's uh, when I had mentioned T Mobile, a friend of mine had moved over to the T Mobile and it's like, Hey I need a couple of things filmed. And then that's when a couple of the athletes came. So like when I went to London, I had uh, probably four different athletes from different countries for the London Olympics. Yeah.
0: And I was able to
1: work with Monster Headphones during that time. So at that time, you know, my income was way smaller yeah. and I was just trying to figure out what I was going to do next in the following. So that's how the industry, for me, I didn't even, the industry had changed, but I had no clients at this point. So so for me, I had to hop in. But what I did, I've always been been a believer of building my own table. I hopped in with, so having the corporate brands, I guess at that time was a big thing because everyone didn't have access to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to turn things around and I moved in a corporate direction. So I was working with brands and then talent came because if you, if you was my client, you was able to have deals with the brands that I was working with. Okay. So that's how... I, you know, set that up as well. And then it expanded and actors starting to get a budget. And then they uh, reached out for PR because now, like fast forward, now an actor has to go against an influencer. So say you have an influencer that has a million followers, but they don't have the actual talent that you have. But if I'm in a business of making money, I'm thinking if this person has all these followers, they can control people. I don't know if they could sell, but I might want to invest in them because now I have a million people. I don't know how many people you're going to bring in.
0: Mm-hmm. You might be talented. Is, The game is changing. The demographics are changing. Everything is completely different. And
1: yeah. I sit down in a meeting and the first thing they ask, it doesn't matter who, say you're my client. And I'm like, oh, this person is great. And the first thing is, let me see their Instagram. So now they're checking your numbers before
0: mm-hmm.
1: I even open my mouth to even talk about you.
0: your analytics and everything how much do you average a week how much do you average a day what are your sponsors it's it's so little but yet it's so much you know what I mean it's tedious little things that like now it it comes with it I feel like back then it was a lot more simpler because now everybody has a everybody wants to be an influencer you know what I mean so who do I tackle first you know what I mean so
1: yeah I mean it's a whole brand of companies that are just direct influencers and you know that's great but on the other hand it's kind of like a lot of these influencers too if you look at it say someone has a million followers what you have to do is check the engagement so like yeah. when i worked with um like apps it was like hold on let me check the engagement so if you're only giving me 10 percent of your million you know i'm only going to get that now if someone else only gets two percent of that million of engagements, then you're not going to get the money based off of your million followers yeah. Because so they so some companies are, so companies are starting to get small smarter about the deals because there just one girl had ten million followers but mm-hmm. she couldn't sell anything so now you paid her up front she looks great on social media but you are not getting an ROI so if you don't have an ROI I lost money there was no return on my investment mm-hmm.
0: so at the end of the day those followers didn't really matter exactly in the because end. a
1: lot of people yes. So the thing is, the the engagement kind of tells you how your followers are. Mm -hmm. Because the thing is there are people that will come by, they might not like your picture, they'll come by. they just like your watch. That does not mean that I want to invest in you. So it's different if Beyonce posts a a sweatshirt, it's going to sell out. People are going to buy the sweatshirt.
2: Sweatshirt,
1: yeah, easily. So so I can easily invest in her because I know I'm going to get my return on investment. Mm -hmm. So the influencer for a while being an influencer is great for talent they want to cross over, but a lot of the numbers are gaslighting. So a lot of brands have been burnt. So kind of catch 22.
0: That's what I was going to say. It's probably like, it's like a catch 22 almost. Uh,
1: it is. So some will sell, you know, I think B. Simone has proven that she could sell a product.
0: Mm-hmm. She still
1: buy it and she stuck with her goal.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now she's yeah. She's, she's, yeah, I mean, look at her now. And then for you to be in this industry for this long and having to change drastically in so many ways i'm pretty sure you've learned a lot along the way and you're prepared for the next wave of things to happen now especially since things are reopening uh, there's going to be a lot more influencers out there because a lot of people are home and a lot of people are not going to go back to their corporate jobs they're going to go they found a, another niche to make money you know what i mean and they're looking they for people and they're looking for people like you and like okay who can represent me to get these numbers out there even more you know so
1: What's really weird for COVID, I thought I was going to completely shut down and just have the clients that I have, you know. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just getting offers for, like, I have an athlete, Olympic gold medalist. Like, this summer, she should be representing um, her gold medal mm-hmm. for the Olympics. Now it's going to happen next year. So now brands, now they have a date for the Olympics since they moved it versus fully canceling it. Now brands are, like, picking back up. They're open to the conversation again, you know. um I just have an actress, she, um, Greenleaf is going to air on June 23rd. She just signed on, you know, so um, people are still moving forward. And just You just have to be strategic of how you move forward. Mm-hmm. And this is the time that you have sitting down to actually evolve. It doesn't matter how long I've been in the industry. I have to constantly um, be learning, evolving, because if you don't evolve, you're going to be left behind. Look at Blackberry. Blackberry held the market. And they sure. still have a technology that people still will know to buy. Because their their SMS is not on a regular system. So if all the towers go down, their system still works. Black, but BlackBerry faded out. I'm sure businesses might still use them because that's one of the safest phones. But they should have still been able to compete with any Android or iPhone. They mm-hmm. just thought they was above it and didn't invest in themselves
0: yeah because i mean they did they had a hot moment for a while Even president obama was using a a blackberry for a long long time even when iphones were out even when kim
1: kardashian still has her blackberry Mm -hmm. a lot of people do Mm -hmm. when they have those two phones so it's just the thing is this blackberry just kind of let people down they try to surge they try to do a deal i think on alicia keys at one time but the thing is it just doesn't if you don't if you're too stubborn just look at netflix Netflix could have been bought by Blockbuster. Blockbuster went out of business. You had Netflix, so you had to be able to see the future and evolve. Otherwise, you get passed up.
0: Mm-hmm. And Netflix did the whole like delivery thing first. They delivered to your house, and then you they eventually moved into the streaming. So they exactly. innovated.
1: So, Like you, you have a podcast. Right. So this is case the radio station said, no, you don't have enough experience, you're creating your platform yourself. hmm
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. With no journalism, sure. with no journalism education at all. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, I'm a photographer, music producer, actor. You know, so it's okay. like, so it's it's for me. It was like, I'm just gonna continue creating because I got involved with with people now. What's the hottest thing right now? Is podcasting. Podcasting is, you know, everybody's doing it. Yes, but also, how can you stand out? You know what I mean? For me, it was like, you know, who doesn't really get interviewed a lot is managers, PR people, and I was mm, like, well, that's I was, smart let me tackle that let me tackle the people behind the scenes that actually get these deals done i mean because everybody wants to talk to a celebrity i'm like that's cool but the manager is going to stand in the industry longer the artists tend to fade out depending on the artist is you know the manager that is
1: true because mm-hmm. managers are always going to have clients mm-hmm. and it's going to evolve so you actually they'll definitely remember you and just at that standpoint you're always going to be able to have a, a slot field because there's plenty of managers there's plenty of publicists there are plenty of um you know writers out there just just a lot of people behind the scenes that make the things that you love happen
0: mm-hmm. and it's yeah. it's like for example like if one manager leaves an artist and and they use me as a photographer for that artist they're going to continue to use me for the next artist as opposed to me staying with that artist that faded out now i have no work and it's like, Exactly. You're, you're
1: you know. No, the first thing you need is dependability. So basically, if you have a talent and you're dependable, that's, mm-hmm. that's a, a great thing. So for me, I am a creature of habit. If I know someone that I can depend on and give me great work, then that's the person I'm going to build up. That's the mm-hmm. person I'm going to promote and push like, hey, why don't you use this guy? And and then you have a guaranteed referral from me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, mm-hmm. unless you not start starting, you know, you don't show up or whatever. Then I'm like, okay, now what are we doing?
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's for, me, it. for me, it was like time. Like when somebody says, Hey, uh be here at five o'clock, I'm going to be like, Okay, I'm going to be there at four. Because me as a creative and as a photographer, I have to know the space I'm walking into before everybody else. So that way I can create my own, you know, vision of, Okay, this is where I need to be. This is, you know what I mean? So that way. And then it's easier to connect with people because you're watching people come in and you're introducing yourself to them one by one. And it's easier. As a photographer, it was easier for me to take photos of them because I approached them beforehand, before even the party started, you know, as they came in, which made it easier for me to work the room and everything. So it's important to be on time, be early as well. It's very, very important.
1: Absolutely. I had a a photographer for a PR shoot because I just wanted some pictures to submit Mm -hmm. to magazines. And the photographer, she was early, um, but the photographer, she, had um she didn't take the time to warm up to the client it was just really weird she's going fast slow and then we had two more outfits. I think we're done I think we're done and I was like what is going on Mm
2: -hmm. what is
1: going on to the point where my client was like is this lady okay so it's just like choosing the right because now forget the shoot my client's gonna remember that I picked this person
0: yeah so picking the
1: right people to work with your client goes a long way they do not
2: forget that
0: Mhm. Mhm. and it doesn't fall it on really the photographer is. it falls on the person that brought the person that brought the photographer yes yeah it's yes <laughs> recommendations <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you this this industry is very cutthroat like you said it's very very cutthroat it's not a nice industry you have to maneuver around it it's
1: absolutely so my my recommendations come far in between mm-hmm. so i just got to see what the person does and you just can't bring everyone to set. You got to figure out, to put it. with. So like, so if it's a client that I don't, if it's a client that is new or a, be- a beginning client that's coming into the industry, it will be easier for me to use a new photographer. Mm-hmm. So that way we can just move on to the next and then we're just excited at that point because then there's mm-hmm. something new to then they're just happy to have a photographer
0: mm-hmm. versus and also, watching everyone else have ever. it. Mm-hmm. And also the turnaround time is important as well. Like a lot of photographers, they take their time with their turnaround. It's like a week, two weeks, you know you have to be two days, you know, three days for the turnaround time, you know, at least so that way it shows initiative, okay, this guy is you know it's there's a lot of tricks to it, you know what I mean that people look into in order for try you to months be,
2: mm-hmm.
1: try working on a deal with someone, they get the pictures done, they send you all the pictures, which is great, but then it comes to the editing, and then they um they edit. The pictures and then they hold them because then they decided it was something else on the other end i'm like wait
0: what's the point though
1: so that's what scares me about working with new photographers i'm mm-hmm. like you cannot hold images of my client yeah if you're not going to release the work mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and if you just take forever now you just diminish anything that i was working on because now i messed up my timeline hmm no, so that,
0: that's that's where I'm at with you, photographers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've had that situation happen before where I had to shoot, I shot Problem, the artist, for his Grammy. I was shooting him in the hotel, preparing for the Grammys. And mm-hmm. I didn't know how to edit video at the time, so I had an editor on deck. But then my editor took his time with the video to edit it, but it was pointless. He got it to me like two weeks later. It was pointless because Grammys... Grammys is Grammys. It's only relevant for that weekend. You know what I mean? Don't send me something that's irrelevant. So you yeah. know what I mean. You
1: take those moments. Those are learning moments for you. Mm-hmm. So
0: mm-hmm. not
1: to even get mad. Those are learning moments. So mm-hmm. you, you're working on a big project for you. That was a big project or a, a, you know a prominent one because now you're getting it ready for an award show for that mm-hmm. client mm-hmm. And, and someone holding you up. that's sorry does not help you for
0: getting Mm -hmm.
2: a referral
1: to
0: the next person. Nope. And the manager was there. Problems manager was there. So when I asked her, Hey, uh," when I came to LA, I was like, Hey, I'm in LA. Would you like to work? She told me straight up. Our last encounter wasn't that da 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 da. -da, And I was like, I knew it. I was like, you know, that's when I learned to start editing videos myself. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the initiative to learn this myself. So that way my turnaround time is two days and that's that two days to three days you should,
1: you should reach out to her not right away but you should reach out to her to see how she's doing sometimes mm-hmm. you know people and you show like hey this is what i'm doing now now i don't have to have an it
2: i edit now mm-hmm.
0: well myself. no i actually redeemed myself because i started working with okay. uh, cliche magazine and i was like hey i'm working with cliche magazine if you have any clients that you would like to you know add to the and then she sent me an artist i sent it to the magazine the turnaround time was like the next day and she was, and then she understood. Okay, it wasn't your fault. By that Grammy, because the
1: thing of- is, with her artist, her artist is going to fall on the manager, and the manager has to deal with. because so she chose you, mm-hmm. and it's going to fall on you,
2: mm-hmm. you know.
1: And then she has to say, say, say another accident happened that's still not in her control. It's like, okay, you don't know what you're doing,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, when
1: all these things are happening. So therefore, now it's like, okay, now you're threatening you know how i do my business so it's just not gonna work out Mm
2: -hmm. so you
1: have to be careful so luckily that you was able to redeem yourself hopefully that puts you back into the standing with that artist because you never know if that artist goes and moves with another management but like your work versus Mm -hmm. leaving that last standing so i'm glad you was able to turn that around to another opportunity you
0: don't want any bad blood in this industry because it's a small industry and word goes around very, very fast, very, very... It
1: does. It does. I know I'm very picky. I'm very picky. I went through a phase where I wanted to help new talent because how I came in, remember, I was just at the right place, right time, someone mm-hmm. made a call, and I was just excited to be there. And just imagine, you know, being 22, and you go, you, you automatically triple what you were making
2: mm-hmm.
1: in a short amount of time. You know, so I wanted to, you know, lead someone in that path. But then I noticed a lot of people don't have that grit. And they want you to pay for it. They want you to do it. I was like, okay. So I, was like, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm done with talent unless they have a budget to cover their team. You know, so mm-hmm. I went through a period that I wanted to help talent that to get, lead them to a budget. And I just realized people just use you from one step to the next. They have yeah. no interest in building anything.
0: it's 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 very tricky it's not it's very tricky like a lot like if you look at people like like you know p diddy's people you know diddy's been running with the same people for like 20 some odd years because he came up with them you know again exactly it also times change you know the 90s were different the 2000s were different the 2010s it just generations change you know because business changed You know, a lot of people got greedy. So then a lot of people have to be too cautious. Sometimes too cautious can backfire, you know, and it, 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 yeah, it's all business. Music industry is all business.
1: You've got to find the right people with the right grit. So Mm -hmm. my mindset is always investing yourself in the fact that when I started, I used my own money. I saved up and I used my own money and I gambled. And that money I went to New York with, that was my rent money. I could have been homeless. And But I, I was determined to walk out with a contract and be okay. But that was just the mindset. And I know everyone doesn't have that or it's in, the, in a place to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, for young talent, for me, I need to see the grind. Like if you just do one or two things and think that's it, I just, you know, I wish you the best. And because the ones that are really doing it, they are hungry. I will say the influencers that I come across are very humble and they have that grit they do and they're just watching them wanting to build something and they find hard to step into an industry that is not as welcoming because now the pot is getting smaller for someone else to mm-hmm. think that they worked for it already
0: it's changing what do you have any advice that you would like to give to any upcoming people that are trying to make it like you did
1: honestly it's just one they need to be okay to accept failure but grow from it your failure should be your biggest accomplishment to to lead you to your biggest accomplishment and not stop and say, Okay, this is not for me. Let me move on to something else like really, if that's something that you're true, you take that moment and figure out what went wrong, and then you go and find your way. You don't have to copy anyone else, you find the way for you to introduce yourself into the industry and stick with it
0: now uh towards the end of the podcast, I do these ten questions from uh okay. James Lipton inside the actor Studios. And the first question is, what's your favorite word?
1: I'm going to say my favorite word is
0: serenity. What's your least favorite word? No. What turns you on? I'm just
1: going to say energy, good good energy.
0: What turns you off?
1: A Debbie Downer.
0: What sound or noise do you love?
1: You know when you pop that plastic and you have the little, the oh, little poppers. The, you... Yeah, yeah,
0: the little poppers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The extra I forgot what they're called. Like they they're like extra protective. Yeah, I love that. You yes. like twist it and the
1: plastic lining. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you like twist it and you hear like all these pops at once. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate?
1: I hate nagging, so I'm just gonna say crying. I hate to someone cry.
0: Mm-hmm. What is your favorite curse word?
1: Shit. Whenever I do curse, it's probably shit. <laughs> shit.
0: <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt?
1: I'm going to say doctor because I used to want to be a doctor. at a do like blood. So I don't know how that would work,
0: but doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's not a lot of people like that, too. It's very difficult. Uh, what profession... I like to help people. Okay. So that's where it starts from. Yeah. What profession would you not like to do?
1: Uh, well, I don't like this question. It this sounds bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to work at the
2: junkyard. How about that?
0: Junkyard. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates?
2: Welcome.
1: Tiffany Kaufman, go right in. Yes.
0: <laughs> Any last words you'd like to give to the people? Any shout outs and where can they follow you on the social?
1: The last words during this time, keep fighting, keep your head up, know your worth. The most dangerous person is someone that knows their worth because they demand it, they want it. I love this young generation that said that I don't want to be held back. So you can still prosper during this time. You can still fight for the things you want. You are worthy. You deserve it. And the, the unity is uh, beautiful. I know that's a lot, but I just wanted to put that out there because I'm mm-hmm. moved how things are happening uh this around the world and just seeing too how businesses are changing and for me it's changing the way I work with businesses so it represents everybody that I'm working with versus just you know hey let's just take this dollar I want someone that want to value everything that my client is doing and it's just the right fit for them. On social media, you can follow me the Kaufman Agency. So it's at the Kauffman Agency I'm on Instagram, also on Twitter, T H E C O F F M A N A N G E N T Y. And but my business page is still uh, Baby Girl Productions on Facebook. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and that's it. So you can go by my website, thekauffmanagency.com, and you check out and see if you need to use any of our services.
0: Perfect. Alright guys, this was Intuitive Minds Podcast, episode 19, featuring Tiffany Kaufman of the Kaufman Agency. Peace.